Welcome to the Technori Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Katoon. Today's show is brought to you by Active Campaign. See why more than 100,000 businesses use Active Campaign for their email marketing by signing up at activecampaign.com slash technori. Get your first two months for free on me. Huge fan of Active Campaign. I am a user. Uh, I also sign up every portfolio company I have with it, so you should definitely check it out. Today's guest is awesome. Daniel Kirshner, CEO, co-founder of Greenfly. Uh, Greenfly is co-other co-founder is Sean Green. You might know him from a very stellar baseball career. He was the four home run guy on the Dodgers, 49 home runs, still the found out during the show. This is a nice little fact uh, factoid. Still holds the record for most home runs by a Dodger, 49. Uh, this company, I think, is onto something huge. I legit, I say this a lot. I actually really mean it this time. Not that I don't mean it before, but I really, really mean it this time. One of the things we're going to get into this is a, a good long show, so I'm not going to spoil it. But we really get into what I think is going to be 2021. Whatever's left of 20, I'm just kind of sandwiching it into 21. It's going to be the year of the Cameo for X. There was the Groupon of this, the, the Uber of that. The Cameo of X is a real thing. Steven and those guys, I'm telling you, they changed how we look at content forever. It's not just an app. If you think it's just an app, you're missing it. It is a new social industry. It is a new content delivery mechanism. And Greenfly, it's crazy. Sean Green is sitting there taking fastballs in 2012, thinking, how could I deliver content to my fans, to other people better? The story about Tom Arnold and March Madness and the way that they use this and how they, they got LeBron and MLB and ESPN. And it's an incredible story. And the co-founder, uh, Dan Kirshner's no different. I mean, he's, he's like the OG in gaming working for Activision. We went down memory lane in a million ways, nerded out on, on media, talked a whole bunch about sort of the, the socialization, the re the using social for social again, which is fantastic. It's great for media. It's great for businesses like theirs, like mine, like maybe like yours. So sit back and relax and enjoy this podcast episode with the co-founder and CEO of Greenfly, Daniel Kirshner. I'm, I'm very familiar with your company. Um, I got, I actually got familiarized with you and it's sort of the way we find companies is bizarre. I tell my producer, Sam, um, I want like trending. So anything that's trending, whether that's cause they raised a ton of money or it's like right now with Corona, there's all kinds of opportunities, green fly, one of them, um, that are accelerating during this, uh, or complete shit shows. I love a complete flame out. Like <laughs> there's nothing better. Um, the audience I think enjoys it. This is definitely not that. Um, and and then I'm also a huge sports fan. I think the, the intersection here was Sean green, your co-founder. And then we've just been, we haven't released most of them, but we just did a bunch of gaming ones and we had the founder of fig on. And so we got through like Activision and Howard Marks and some of this. And I know that you have, you know, background there. So that's, I think you, you guys came out of my like deep dive into like sports content and e-sports. And that, then yeah. we funneled towards green fly, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I'll just kick off with this. I mean, I understand, and I want you to tell the world what green fly is and does and, and all of that. I only needed to read about half a sentence on your homepage, greenfly.com. And then I watched the video on your MOB uh, product and it was like, it took me literally three seconds to be like, Oh my God, I need you. Like there's, <laughs> Every single company says we need to use UGC user generated content better. And yet none of them collect it. None of them know what they're doing with it. 
It's, it's just such a no brainer. So I just tell me, tell us all what Greenfly is, and then we'll, we'll back out of how you guys started it and your story and all that good stuff. Yeah. So Greenfly is a, is a content collaboration and exchange platform. And what that means is you onboard a community of people into a closed network. Uh, we have uh, a backend uh, management system, web-based management system and a mobile app. And then once people are on that network, you can work with them in all sorts of really, really cool ways. You can send them uh, requests and temp and briefs to create original pieces of content that you want to get from them. You can send them uh, content to distribute either uh, at scale and in bulk, like with, uh, you know, through what we call Greenfly galleries or individual posts that you want to get out on social, um, including all the copy, you know, tagging it, what platform you want it to go to. And then you can, uh, then you can track the performance of all that content. So, you know, we light up these, we light up these closed communities. We have a big footprint in sports. It's about uh, a little more than half of our business. We work with, uh, major sports. We work with almost 20, uh, sports leagues, including, you know, major leagues like, like major league baseball. Um, we also work with, uh, you know, a lot of smaller leagues as well. You know, things like world surf league, um, you know, premier lacrosse league, things like that. And, uh, you know, the way that we light up a league, if you look at something like Major League Baseball, you'll have uh, almost every single player on the platform. So for Major League Baseball, as an example, we have over 600 players using uh, Greenfly. We have all the teams, all the social media managers, the league, social people. And basically, we light up that entire ecosystem. So, you know, photographer takes a photo on the field that goes into our, into our system. It's routed to a player to share uh, directly on social. Uh, MLB can also run campaigns by sending briefs, getting content from players, um, activating them, uh, you know, to create content for MLB channels. So we basically light up that whole ecosystem. And, uh, over the course of the season, we're talking, you know, tens of thousands, even, you know, even over a hundred thousand pieces of, of content, uh, moving through our system and, and getting out to social and connecting with fans. So I have to say, we, you know, one of the friends of the program is uh, a company called Sprout Social, <clears throat> which has nothing to do with, yep. well, I mean, it does have to do with your business, but uh, what, why I bring it up is for anyone out there who's wondering like how big a thing this can be, Sprout is a public, now publicly traded company. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a shareholder in it. I'm a big fan of it. Um, but yep. I actually think where, what they do is not as valuable as what you guys do for the future. I think that the, the past of managed social, while still totally important, don't get me wrong, it's very important in the way that it sources and the data and all this other stuff, it, but like we use it. And I think that like, yep. it's very important for you to put evergreen out, but the evergreen of yesteryear is not, not current. It's not how things go. People literally don't give a shit. It disappears in the abyss of posts. And there's no point. Yep. Your stuff is the relevancy. It's the urgency. It's the, the way to make your fans, your supporters feel like you give a shit about them, like that they matter to you. And I think, you know, you could look at this from the, the baseball perspective. We'll use MLB just because I'm obviously we're all very familiar with it, but also like smaller, smaller businesses. We'll say technology for this example, you know, for me, yeah. I can share, other people's stuff pretty quickly. They tag me. There's not, you know, there's volume, but it's not a ton. MOB, these players are getting pinged all day long. And for them to figure out what found them or what didn't get tagged, like for them to sort yeah. through, they, they would have to hire full-time people just to figure that out. And so to have yeah. some, some mechanics 
at the top funneling information that's pertinent to, uh, you know, Trout. Mike Trout gets this, but the Angels get this, but the Giants get this, but MLB as a whole gets that. Yep. Like, it's all different. I think that's such a huge, there's such a huge opportunity here. And I, I, I probably mentioned this in the intro to the show, but the 2020-2021 um, year that will be, whatever is left of it, um, is going to be like the cameo for X year. It's the, I have a platform yep. that distributes content in a way you've never seen that enables you to connect with your fans in a way you've never even believed possible. And the, the, yep. the Rona thing I think is only push that exponentially change behaviors. And everyone's like, Oh my God. Yeah. I could totally live in a virtual world. So I would love for you to like, walk me through how you thought of this and like, your, cause I think your background, like similar to myself, like it pieces together seemingly in a strange way. And then at the end, you're like, Holy shit, you're the green fly guy. Like that's how that was going to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let me, yeah. I mean, first of all, you know, I obviously totally agree with you. I, I think, you know, and, and I, you know, I think very highly of Sprout, uh, social, you mentioned that. I mean, it's a very developed multi-billion dollar, you know, space. You've got a lot of huge players, you know, things like Sprinkler and Koros and, you know, everybody has an offering Oracle and, and Salesforce. And, and that's really about like, you know, how you're managing your own social channels, how you're, you know, listening to what's going on out there. But, you know, we're really approaching this very differently. We're, we're, we're really enabling an organization to transform their advocates into brand builders, you know, really make them part of the storytelling and make sure that they're really getting, you know, the most relevant content and, and, and really, you know, connecting with an audience. And I think it, it really ties into a really fundamental shift. I mean, if you think about kind of the first, the first wave of social for brands, was, you know, brand pages and, you know, them managing their own pages and them, you know, trying to build their audience and things like that. And that's been flipped into, into just really empowering, you know, all the different advocates and individuals. And that has to do with the shifts in the algorithms for things like Facebook, but it also has to deal with it, just a fundamental shift in terms of how people consume content, you know, the rise of stories on Instagram, Snapchat and everything else. And so it's really about connecting with individuals. And so if you're a brand, you're an organization, you're a sports team, you're a league, whatever you are, if you're a small business, you're a large business, you know, what you need to do is you need to look at your advocates, you need to look at your authentic relationships, and you need to figure out how to enable and empower them to, uh, to help tell your story and to help be part of that story. And that's what really is going to drive engagement, you know, purchase, viewership, like whatever you're looking to, to drive as an organization. So, um, so I really agree. I mean, Tapping into sort of my background and, and, uh, you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of a funny story. As you said, like I started out in tech, I, I graduated college in 99, sort of at the height of that, of that kind of tech bubble went in, you know, I was a, worked in technology for a few years. I was in, uh, you know, it did some IT consulting. I worked for a business that was building a, you know, a platform for truck rentals and, and things like, I just did a, a variety of things. Ended up, you know, the bubble burst, ended up going to law school, had a, a entirely sort of different career in, um, uh, even worked for the Department of Justice, uh, uh, you know, for, for a few years in DC. Got sort of back to tech running internet policy at the Federal Communications Commission. And then out of that role, got recruited out to, uh, to Activision Blizzard to be head of corporate affairs. That, that moved me out to California and, um, and, uh, you know, Video games were going through like a little bit of a slump, but really coming out of that in, in a kind of, you know, really dominant way. And it was really, I mean, everything was happening at once. Sort of the esports was really the rise of esports was happening. 
you know, the freemium model and League of Legends really showing that that could be a multi-billion dollar business model. You know, Activision had been a very successful in sort of those earlier console generations, obviously, you know, things like Call of Duty and stuff like that. And it was also transitioning into these new opportunities, you know, starting to deal with like micropayments and things like that. So it was just an incredible, incredible education. And then, uh, you know, so the way Greenfly came about is actually, so when I moved out to, uh, to the Los Angeles area, I reconnected and just started spending a ton of time with my cousin, uh, who I grew up with, Sean Green, who was a professional baseball player for, for many years. We're first cousins. We'd grown up together initially in the Bay Area before he'd moved down to Southern California. Basically, we just started hanging out and he was thinking a lot about interactions with media and stuff like that, especially after, you know, his retirement. Um, he'd had, uh, you know, an incredible game where he hit four home runs. Yep. Somebody else tied Someone that. Someone everybody knows him for him is the four home run game. Yeah. He was a stud for a while. <laughs> he was. He was an all star a couple years. Yep. Uh, you know, he still has the record. This is like my, my favorite stat for him. He still has the record for most home runs in a season for an LA Dodger with, uh, he had 49 home runs one year, Jesus. which is not easy to do. Uh, you know, uh, at Dodger at LA, Stadium. Yeah, that's, that's a basically uh, stadium. <laughs> But uh, you know, he was thinking a lot about these issues, and 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 I think what ha- you know, there's a kind of a funny moment where you know he he had he had hit a lot of home, you know he, somebody else I think t- tied the record, or there's an effort by some media company to get you know some comment from him, and there's all this back and forth, and you know how do we? Oh, maybe you can make a video on your phone, and you know at that point several years ago the, the quality was still pretty pretty crappy, but there's just all this interaction and complexity and back and forth, you know, just and he said, wouldn't it be awesome if you just had a system where you could find somebody and get a video from them like yep. right away. Yep. And he was actually, that, that was early enough that he was still thinking about sort of traditional media. Like, oh, it'd be great. You know, I'm sitting here watching ESPN and something happens and they just have some random person in the studio to talk about it rather than, you know, somebody's really knowledgeable about that injury. This is like about, 2014, you know, like 2013, 14. He, yeah. I mean, he was even thinking about this even, even earlier than that. Yeah. But that's yeah, like, crazy. Even, like, you know, like that's cause yeah, like cameo yeah. launched on our stage in 16 and I remember yeah. Steven telling me like, it's the new autograph. It's going to be the coolest thing. And I was like, oh my God, I, I get, I totally get it. Cause I had had friends who were telling me that they were, tr- they have customers that they do marketing for. And they're like, if I could just get these assholes on the phone, I could get a sound bite. I could get something out of them. And I was like, you know, you should put, you know, just record it. And to your point, the, the recording quality wasn't there for him to be thinking about this at that time with the way things end up going particularly social media and particularly like game streaming on Twitter. And just like you start finding a fan base sort of communizing over the game right there on the social platform is super. That's like very next level. Very that's, I did not realize that that was that far back for him. That's awesome. I mean, you know, it it, it really is the right intuition and, but you know, a lot of things were not ready. And in many ways when we, when we launched, you know, which is, it's been about, you know, six years since, since I came on I mean, he started fiddling around with the prototype for even, you know, a year and a half before then. Um, but, but, uh, you know, it, it was still early enough that you know, actually the first deal we did was, uh, was for March madness uh, with CBS and Turner. And actually at that time, like the original idea was, Oh, we're going to build a network of people and then we'll sort of sell access to this network through a tech platform. It's kind of funny because it was actually, you mentioned cameo. It was yep. kind of a, a little bit closer to that. Yeah, but but you know, but it, it, it but that the timing wouldn't have been right for that anyways, because the idea that people would would get those, and we were thinking about you know broadcasters and stuff, because it was still kind of early enough where you know you're thinking where these videos go. So we did a deal with CBS and Turner. We actually sourced all the talent. So we got like Tom Arnold to talk about 
Iowa and Ashley Judd to talk about Kentucky for the, you know, for March Madness. Um, so we sort, we basically went to, we ran around to all this talent and we said, Hey, do you want to be on CBS and Turner for March Madness? And they said, yes. And then we went to, went to CBS and Turner and said, Hey, do you want to connect with these people? And they said, Oh, yes. And so we basically put these two pieces together. Um, and it was, it was pretty, it was pretty neat to see. But one thing that was kind of crazy is they, they generate a ton of videos out of it and they use some of those videos on TV. But then the ones they didn't use on TV, they didn't really do much with. And we were like, you know, we were looking at social and thinking, you know, some of them, you know, one of them was really awesome, but it was like a little off color, you know, not really inappropriate, but they're like, you know, it's not quite right for broadcast. And we're thinking like this stuff would kill on social. It's starting to drive us crazy. We had uh, Tom Arnold do this incredible pep talk using the platform for halftime. And it was trending on Twitter because somebody had filmed it from their TV with their <laughs> phone and put it on Twitter. You know, <laughs> it was. It was kind of, I mean, it was kind of funny to see that moment, but anyways, we, you know, we kind of, so we, we, launched, we, we did that. It was a total scramble to get the talent. And then after, you know, we kind of launched it, it was, it was very successful, but it was just, it was just a real, it was a real pain in the neck to kind of round everybody up and do everything. And, and, and we kind of caught our breath and we thought, you know, wait a minute, we built this incredible technology. Maybe the key here is not, is not the talent. It's, it's licensing the tech to people who already have those relationships. Yep. And actually, um, you know, a group of, uh, you know, Maverick Carter and LeBron James actually approached us about using it to help launch, uh, you know, what became uninterrupted. And, uh, and it was kind of, you know, they, they'd gotten exposure to it, uh, you know, through, uh, through Turner and Bleacher Report, uh, you know, through the March Madness thing. And they were doing a, a partnership with them. And, and, and so we sort of had this moment where we looked at each other, me and Sean, and we said, wait a minute. So they're going to pay us to put LeBron on our platform. Like that sounds like a much better business model Done. than us than, <laughs> than us running around to figure out how to get you know <laughs> how to get Tom Arnold to, to make a video. Those so, those anyway. are the best yeah. stories. I mean, the funniest part about this is, and and you hit it on the head. I mean, you guys obviously were feeling it in the moment, and I feel this in a very different way. But like, I have a radio show on WGN, which I enjoy doing, but I also cringe because the content, in my opinion, sucks because it has to be fit to frame on the radio, which is language. It's the timing. It's how it's just everything. If you can just get like people, true characters and just let it roll. It is so much better for social and you, you can cut it off quickly. You can, people just get their three minutes and move on. There's so much more opportunity there. And you guys pivoting into that and recognizing the value of not like quote unquote rich content, but more authentic content. Yes. It is. That is the, I think that is the new evergreen. Like, to, I mean, obviously it is. That's the name of Greenfly. But like, like that literally <laughs> is the new ever. And I think that, um, you know, regular like TikTok influencers, they get it right. And any influencer yeah. and yeah. early adapter on a platform, they get it. They create stuff all day long. But for the big brands and the big athletes who who are spending all day in the gym, they don't have time to do that shit. So for them, they need a tool that can sort of grab all of those things for them to create that true organic evergreen content that is, you know, kind of now expected. You can't just post links of stories relative to your industry. No one cares. Yeah. I mean, it's a really good, it's a really good point. And it's actually funny. I mean, in in many ways, as I said, you know, people talk a lot about timing, you know, in any kind of tech business. And obviously we had enough success early on to, to kind of raise money and sustain us and then, you know, get to the, get to the place that we are now. But in many ways, we were we were kind of you know out 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 in front uh, you know er, too early because 
you know, what was interesting is we were going around to everybody saying, look at the kind of, look at this awesome content you could get. I mean, one of the first videos that was done on our platform was actually go back to that LeBron example. He did a, a tour of his shoe closet, which absolutely crushed. Oh yeah. I remember that. It, I saw that. Yeah. 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 We were yeah. sitting there. He was, he did it like at two in the morning. You know, we have like five users on our platform. One of them is LeBron. And we're watching the packets go up, you know, saying to ourselves, it's better not, it's better not fail. Like we're looking at the back end. Cause, cause he <laughs> don't break, don't break, don't closet. break. <laughs> exactly. Oh my but, you God. Know, it, all, it all worked out. But I was going to say that, that content, the content obviously, obviously crushed it and, and people love that content. But then we go and we show it to, you know, to brands or, or even, uh, even on the sports side, they say, Oh, well, that's, you know, our kind of, con- you know, that's awesome. But, but we, you know, our, our audience wants more polished, you know, content and, and, uh, you know, it's not right, quite the right style. And I think what really, you know, shifted the landscape in our favor was the rise of stories first on, on Snapchat and then later on, on Instagram and people realizing, and of course now you have TikTok and, and other platforms as well, but people realizing that this is the kind of, the kind of content that really, really connects with an audience, really drives engagement. And that authentic connection, you know, just can have an incredibly, galvanizing effect on on making people feel connected to a brand or a team and um and really affect you know the kinds of decisions that they make and we work with some large brands and and one large brand i won't won't say say which one you know they did a whole analysis where they looked at uh produced content and then the kind and then the kinds of videos that were not just the kinds of videos the videos actually being created on greenfly and and relative performance and the, the greenfly content, the content coming directly from the athletes made by them themselves, consistently outperformed the produced content that that they had to spend a lot of money making. <clears throat> and so and so that's really been a, a real shift that I think I think now you don't have to make that case anymore. But even a couple of years ago, you know, we'd have to you know try to overcome a lot of you know sometimes internal opposition, like hey, you know, this is great, but it's not it's not for us, it's not our style. You know, we do something different. And I think people nowadays really understand that that it you know it doesn't need to have necessarily that production polish if it's authentic and and gives people you know a view directly into the the you know the lives and experiences of of the people that they're that they're watching. Honestly, just that, to double now, down to double down on what you're saying here. I mean, I can I won't obviously name the names, but I can tell you my partners and people who work with TikTok in LA, their numbers are sometimes sixty to seventy percent better performing with something shot on an iPhone with cut, 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 and just like boom done than a produced piece of content. And we actually have dealt with this. I mean, I know this better than anyone really on, on my side of trying to sell sponsorship. You know, when we started the show, you know, sponsors were some of our event sponsors, advertisers, and they would be like, naturally, uh, you know, you talk to a lot of people that we want to, you know, get our brand influence with. Can we pay to have a, a live read? And I was like, you know, sure, whatever. And they'd send me these shitty, like scripted things. And I'm like, no one's going to listen to that. And second, yeah, I should be running social ads on your behalf because the stuff you're running, I wouldn't click on and I'm your target customer. And they literally were like, yeah. what? And our entire business model has exploded since then, based on the fact that it's, it's raw content. Like what I say here, yeah, it might not be in your brand guideline. Uh, in fact, it probably isn't, but it's going to work because you're going to laugh and be like, yeah, I use Salesforce. I'm like, well, good. Me too. They pay me a lot of money, but I use it for, I used it before they paid me. Um, right. You know? And so I, I right. just think that that whole landscape has shifted, which is why going back to the beginning of the conversation, yeah. why I love sprout. And I use it as a, as a management tool, 
But those businesses that are on the sort of Hootsuite is where we're at thing, I think you're missing the point of where socials pivoted. Like you kept going straight on to Albuquerque. You needed it to hang a right because this is all about like authentic content, which can be created on your phone. Like if you don't do it, you're just lazy. It's not, there's no barrier. Like it's just not, you're just not yeah. working very hard. Well, you put your finger on something else too. When you talk, when you talk about like the, you know, your Salesforce example, I mean, the fact that you use and, and love and, and love a platform makes you a much more compelling advocate for that platform. For sure. And, and I think, I think, you know, I think a big shift that we're also seeing right now is, you know, when it comes to kind of influencer marketing and promotion, you know, we're not a marketplace. We don't connect, you know, brands and people, you know, it's not what we do. What we do is we enable people to really uh, use their existing relationships to really, you know, help tell their stories. And, and that's really where, you know, we believe in where we see it's headed. It's not like, Hey, I'm going to pay you money and you're going to say something nice about a brand that you have no connection to, but Hey, you have an authentic existing relationship and we're going to work together to, to really, you know, to really tell that story together. And that's just a much more, I mean, people, people can smell, you know, BS like a mile away. And yeah. if somebody's talking about something that they genuinely love, it's going to be much more resonant. You can see it in their and, eyes. Yeah. I mean, you can see when they light yeah. up when they say it or they cringe when they have to say it. I mean, and if you are looking for the influencer marketing platform, by the way, you can just go to popularpays.com. My good friend Corbett yeah. Drummy will take care of you. Uh, this yeah. is cool. So yeah, I want to, yeah. I want to get into your story a little bit here because uh, you said before the show, you listened to a couple of the shows. I don't know if you caught the Justin Bailey fig one, but we yeah. talked all, I mean, we talked a lot about Howard Marks and, and his, cause he started start engine, obviously Activision yeah. um, start yeah. engine is on the equity crowdfunding. Uh, fig is a crowdfunding site for gamers and now acquired by my partners over at Republic. Uh, so it was like yeah. the confluence of everything that you and like, that is your life up until this point. So it's, this is like right. such a nerd out moment of the show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's fascinating. And, and, you know, of course, you know, Howard too. I mean, I, I think, um, it's just, I think, you know, games are obviously, it's such an incredible industry and it's not, it's not like one thing anymore. It's so many different things. It's so many different experiences. It's like, it's like talking about media or video. I mean, you know, you have, I mean, think about how different like a, a major blockbuster movie is from an indie film, from, you know, a Netflix show from, yeah. you know, uh, a viral YouTube clip. Like those are not the same thing. And I think the same things happen with games. Or They're all kind of explosion. blending together though. Now, like it's starting yeah. to, you know, I'd love to get your take on this to be honest. Cause like, um, you know, I, this is just my opinion. I would love to know how you feel about it, but I think for, and the Corona thing really has, I, I think really pushed all of these leagues to have to rethink things. You'd look at MLB yeah. for sure. But like, um, NBA because of the stop, you know, stopping the game in the middle of the season, I, yeah. I've always thought that it was going to become a time for U S sports to take on more of a premier league model. Uh, yeah. the soccer league that sort of lets things trade. The seasons never really end. They, you know, we have, we used yeah. to be very hard stops and now it's sort of like 24, seven football, 24, seven basketball. Like there needs to be a change. And then I looked at esports, and I was like, if you really look at it, esports is sort of like a digital version of premier league. And now with the way that this, you know, with the different leagues within the leagues and the different ways to play into yeah. tournaments. And now when you watch the NBA kind of dipping their toes in esports, which I know that Adam Silver is very innovative, so it's not a surprise that he's in it, but like all these guys yeah. are finally seeing it. I'm wondering if this is the move where they're like, okay, I think that this can be like a esports can be an integral part of actual sports and that the leagues are going to reconfigure how they actually operate because 
the amount of money that they burn through with games not being attended because it's a Wednesday afternoon. Like if they were to yeah. able to like take, be smarter about it, I think there's a huge opportunity. What do you, you're like on the front of this on the content sports, Sean E game, like you're everywhere in this. Like what, what yeah. do you, what do you see? Am I nuts? I no, not at all. I mean, I, you know, I think it's really interesting. First of all, you know, as you mentioned, Adam Silver is, is, is really innovative. And, and he was talking about, you know, tournaments in the middle of the season and all sorts of creative ideas, you know, before this stuff. Yep. Um, Thanks you know, to Bill Simmons on that one. Bill Simmons has been pushing <laughs> yeah. that for years. <laughs> I know. Um, you know, I, I mean, it's also interesting. Like, we actually do have also a big footprint in Europe. We work with some big European clubs like uh, Pre Saint Germain is is you know one of our customers, and it's really interesting to see. I mean, you, you know, you talk about that kind of esport analogy. You know, Pre Saint Germain is is obviously you know it's a you know it's an incredible team. It's got Mbappe and, and Neymar. Yep. You know, it's really awesome to see those guys using green fly. I've got to say, um, that's awesome. Uh, but, but, uh, you know, it, it's interesting because, you know, they're not just that team. They're also, they also have a women's team. They have a junior team. They have a handball team. You know, they're a global brand. They have offices in the U S you know, how do the, how do they promote and connect with the audiences here? And, you know, and, and they have, you know, they play in, in the, in the French league, but they also play in the champions league and, you know, and they do exhibition games around the world. And I mean, it's just really interesting to see that model, where it's not like about one league or one season and where, you know, the, the team has that kind of, um, of impact. Um, it's, it's very interesting to see that. I mean, I do think NBA, you know, you know, almost every team I think has a 2k, uh, team, you know, it's really, they've been, you know, again, you know, really innovative there. You see a lot of ownership crossover on the esports side. I mean, I think people are really trying to, trying to figure this out. And, uh, it's interesting because when esports, you know, really started and started to take off. And I was, you know, at Activision Blizzard, uh, you know, they were really at the heart of it for a while. You know, StarCraft was really in many ways, like, you know, one of the first kind of professional uh, in, in South Korea, you know, one of the first kind of professional esports. That's the OG games. league. I, I, yeah, it is. But, you know, I, I think, you know, I think at that point, they were, people were still sort of understanding this as a marketing expense. You know, they didn't really see... Um, I, I think it was really the rise of Twitch and, and everything else where really started people trying to see, oh, you know, there's there's something else going on here. This is not just about promoting the game, but this is something, you know, of itself. And and it's interesting because so the first wave was was pretty wild and it was really driven by 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 gamers. And then you had the sort of the second second wave where where you had a lot of traditional sports people start to get really interested, come in, you know, start to really organize things into leagues. And I think now we're, we're in an interesting phase where, you know, those pieces are blending together. So you have a lot of traditional sports thinking, you know, coming into esports and a lot of esports thinking, you know, bleeding over into traditional sports. And it's just really interesting to see. Um, but I think, you know, also it, it creates different expectations in terms of how you present a game, what the viewership experience is like. You know, if, when you watch something, you know, a streaming a competition, just how much information you have on the screen and stuff like that. And I think, you know, that's, that's leading to a lot of innovation on the traditional sports side. And I think we'll, we'll continue to see that. Pretty I think they're going to lean hard into it. And I think the, we've, this is not, obviously, if you listen to any other shows, I've talked about this probably too much. The fact that esports creates unlimited potential of content. It is, there is literally an infinite amount of content that can be created where your likeness can do something yeah. that you physically cannot do, which can be inspiring. It can be fucking nuts. It can be hilarious. It can be what it can be anything, right? That creates an, that untaps a market of creators and creative content types that don't have an end date and how you monetize that becomes incredibly unique. 
It can be sponsored. It can be bought. It can be um, just based on audience. It could be all of those things. It could be uh, licensed. It can, there's so much. And I think that you guys are positioned. I mean, you couldn't be in a better position. If I was standing at Greenfly yeah. looking out and going, don't tell me these guys are all going to lean into esports and give me more content. Don't, yo, know, they, oh, Juju Smith Susters. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're going to raise more money. This is going to get nuts. You guys are in such a great spot. And I, when we stumbled upon your company, it was like, oh, yes, green light, green fly, green light. <laughs> well, it, it, you're right. I mean, too, like that kind of explosion. I mean, too, you have an explosion of content, but, you know, it, it doesn't help to have an explosion of content if there's no place to put it or no way for it to connect with an audience. And I think, you know, one of the things that, yeah, I mean, I think one of the problems that we're really solving for organizations is, you know, they have all this great content, but they have limited, you know, their own channels are limited, their own social channels. You know, you can only put so many pieces of content on there. You've got to pace it out, right? You got to, but when you look at, when you think about the entire community of your athletes and then your fans and, and you think about all, all those people, you know, a piece of content that might not matter, you know, exactly. And a piece of content that might not, you know, have great resonance on like a team or league channel might have enormous resonance on, on an individual player channel. It might have, and that player might be from, from a country where they're a huge star and it's going to connect with that audience really well. You know, so, I mean, it's really, it's about, you, you really want to open up the, the kind of bandwidth that you have to communicate, you know, outside of just your own channels and really open it up to, to, uh, you know, to this entire community and, and make all that part of your, you know, make all those channels yours in, in the sense that you can really, you know, get content into them and, and really connect with those audiences as well. I, I got to tell you, I think this is, um, so I wrote this article about this maybe like three weeks ago <clears throat> about how. There's, if you listen to like Alexis Ohanan from Reddit and a few others, they've been talking about this for yeah. maybe a year and a half, um, that there's going to be a shift from on social media to more of, um, of small group chat, lots of group chat, lots yep. of, of, you know, house party type stuff, uh, pre Corona. So this is like before all that. Yeah. And, and there was like, yeah. you know, I don't know what'll happen out of that. I just see that coming. So then Corona happens. Everyone starts getting into like not caring about their feed as much. And there are a lot more group chat, you know, small group chat communication. And then the stories of the the stories portion of snap and Instagram, and now even YouTube is in the play and and Twitter kind of, well, they blew it with vine, but whatever, they're trying to get back in this. Um, And obviously TikTok. the, the, the behavior of people have started to shift to make social social again. And then the feeds are, starting to have a uniqueness to it that I, I almost feel like this is, is like in a really positive way has forced social media into maturity in, and that usually you would say like, Oh, that sounds terrible. It's probably on its way out. No, it's maturity in that it actually has purpose. And yeah. now in the, in the old days and by old days, I mean like two years ago, uh, a lousy marketing agency would say, here's five pieces of content, go LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, rewrite the topic, put it on Facebook. And it just sucks. And now you would never do that. You would have a piece of content that is perfectly suited for an Instagram story, something that is perfectly suited to share with your friends on Snapchat, something perfectly suited to go on Twitter or to go on Facebook or whatever. They're all unique and different. It's and I think that that gives all of your clients their own channels to basically be TV stations and to nerd out on our our final minute or so here. I don't want to take all of your time, but the, the thing that I think is really interesting is media companies have been getting hammered for the last like five, well, 10 years, but like five years for sure 
And I've always thought that they were just taking a, a foolish approach to it and they were focusing their intention on the wrong things. And now for yeah. once we have media companies like you guys who have looked at this from a, a very empathetic, not sympathetic an empathetic view of what media means and how to monetize yeah. it. And that to me, I think is the, the tell all story on green flies. Like, yeah, tons of cool things, tech, great story. But like this end part is like, we understood the disconnect between the fan and the, and the creator, the artist, the athlete, whatever. And that's what you guys have just crushed. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, there's so much to, to unpack in, in what you just said. I mean, first of all, you know, I mean, you, you started, you know, talking just a moment ago about, about like the, the kind of group chats and, and social being social again. I think we're going to continue to see that trend. I mean, certainly when you look at our platform, like Instagram, I mean, and each, each platform has a different purpose. Like Twitter is incredibly important for some of our customers. It's less important for others. Um, you know, Instagram is, is definitely the biggest destination for content flowing through our system, including Instagram stories, which are a huge part of that. But we just opened up our platform to connect to, you know, so we've had, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram for a while. We opened up to connect to a lot of additional platforms, including, including TikTok. Um, one thing that was fascinating for us when we looked at, uh, you know, where, where a lot of content was going out of those new platforms, we saw a ton of content going to WhatsApp oh, and yeah. WhatsApp group. My wife is on that now. Everyone's on this shit. I, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess I don't have enough friends. <laughs> but it's just interesting to think about that, that kind of group chat. And that's a community that if you're a, a brand or a team or whatever you are, you want to connect with that community of, you know, 150 people on a, on a WhatsApp thread. That's For really sure. important to you. And how do you get how do you get into that? But I was going to say on the, on the traditional media company side, you know, I, one thing that's been just a great part of our business and a really growing part of our business is, is uh is traditional media and uh and media companies we work with a number of of large media companies and they use it to really activate their talent and make their talent you know so you might have you know you have the real housewives you know you want to you, you know th those people all have their own audiences their own communities you want to be able to to not just you know promote your program you really help them tell stories and support it you know we do incredible stuff with espn we have um, you know, the bulk of ESPN talent on our platform. And it's just, it's just a really powerful tool for, you know, giving people clips from shows and, and also creating content around breaking news, getting content back from them around breaking news and really, you know, viewing ESPN, not just as obviously the TV station or even the website or even the mobile app, but, but, but the collective channels of all the talent on the platform, right. And how do you, and making all that, all those channels part of the ESPN story, you know, when they were promoting, the last dance. One thing that was incredible was to see, you know, the, the content that, that they were using, you know, using Greenfly 4 to get out to the, to the channel talent, you know, was, was, was getting more engagement even than the stuff they're putting on their own channels. And it's all driving the audience for, you know, this incredible event and this incredible documentary. How great so is that really, experience, by the way? How, I mean, they absolutely crushed the social play. It's like they finally crushed learned. It. Crushed it. Yeah, absolutely. They, I mean, I, they made this an event like, and obviously the timing, you know, they moved it up. Yeah. But and, I just mean the uh, shareability, uh, yeah. like all the other ones, the OJ yeah. doc was one of the best docs I've ever seen, but I you know, couldn't share it. Like this is like a, a yeah. how to not do what Quibi is doing. Like what Quibi, I, I want to be such a fan. And I'm like, what are you? Uh. I know. I know. I'm always, I mean, you know, I'm always excited about any innovation. So, you know, uh, yeah, but, but uh, it, it seems like they, they haven't hit that moment. I mean, obviously their timing, it's made things difficult as well. Since yeah. It's all about being on you the go. Yeah, you can't produce content and <laughs> go anywhere. But yeah, I mean, ESPN's been, been an incredible partner, and they've really taken 
you know, they really understood that that early and well, which is that, you know, it's not just about, you know, we have to view our talent channels as, as part of, you know, our, 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 you know, place that we can tell our stories. It's really win-win too, because to build their channels. They want to connect with their audience. They want great stuff to share. And, uh, and it's very authentic because they're so completely in control of it and they're making videos as well. You know, I mean, uh, so, so, you know, they're still in complete control, but they're, but they're part, but everybody's part of that, that storytelling experience. And then when it comes to something like the last dance, everybody's able to kind of participate in, in talking about it, promoting it, you know, connecting with it. And so again, it's, it's not just having, you know, the ESPN channels, but it's really understanding that, you know, Stephen A. Smith's social channels are also part of that, that yeah. storytelling, you know, ability. This is awesome, man. I, I appreciate uh, you sharing the story with us. Um, people go to greenfly.com. Yeah, absolutely. Greenfly, greenfly.com, you know, let us know, check it out. We also did a, we did a great, you know, on the sports side, we did a great re- report recently, 120 ways to engage fans when there are no games, really talking about, you know, the shift. And, and that's been, I think, really interesting and exciting to see. And the other thing to say, as I said, we, we do work with a lot of media businesses, work with a lot of, of brands um, as well that really have their, that are trying to engage their advocacy communities in different ways. So, um, you know, it's one of these things that uh, this kind of story engaging your community, uh, you know, as and your advocates, as your brand builders is something that really applies to, to, to every, you know, every, every kind of company and organization. So, so it's really exciting to see new people use it in new ways. Totally agree, Dan. Thank you very much for uh, for joining the show. Obviously, everyone out there should be following Greenfly. You can follow me at Katoon. You can follow Technori at Technori, obviously. Check out Technori.com. We just launched a brand new site. Uh, very excited about it. The podcasts that are up there are pretty sweet. We're launching a new Instagram show. It's sort of a revamp of Technori Pitch. For those of you OGs who used to go to our event, we're bringing it to the gram. We're bringing it to YouTube. Check that out. Uh, the first one we ever did, we just went live with uh, Grit Boxing, which I invested in. And yeah, that's pretty much all I got. So uh Boom. That's a wrap.